Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Write or Die show. I am your host, Randy Lee Boslaw. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking to Tina Bomo. Welcome, Tina. Excited to have you on the show. Hello, Randy. How are you doing? I am good. And this is, I'm very excited that you are another Canadian author on the show. I am. I am. I'm in, I'm in Edmonton. And my book that uh, it's a, um, a true story account, it does take place in Canada. So yeah, it's a Canadian writer, Canadian content, and uh, we're okay. Canadians. <laughs> Yay! Uh, not that I don't love all of my American guests or even my international guests over in Europe, but it is always nice when I get to talk to another Canadian author. Yeah, yeah it's, I, I think I've only had one other Canadian podcast host. So again, not that I don't mind, you know, speaking to the American podcasts, hosts or Australian or whoever they're, wherever they're from. But yeah, uh, yeah. but it is always nice when you you meet another one. Uh, So with that being said, we know that you're Canadian, but tell us a little bit more about you. Mm, Sure. Well, I was born and raised in your neck of the woods, Randy. I was born in... In a small town just north of, well, it was a small town then now, uh, Barrie, but I think it's grown quite a bit. Oh, it's quite large now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's quite large now. Yeah. And uh, I was born in the old Vic Hospital, I guess a little tidbit there for anyone living in Barrie. But the old Vic Hospital now is an old age home. So I often oh. joke, I might end up in the, I might end up in the same place where I started, you know, if I ever retire and oh, go to bury so again. Or I can't, the hospital I was born in was torn down now because they built a whole new one. So. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, obviously I, it's not a place I go visit. So, but it's just mom, mom that's where mom told me I was born. So I was like, Oh, okay. I believe you. I guess I didn't know I was a baby. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I was uh, born out there but I grew out grew up uh, in a town on Georgian Bay so Collingwood and that's pretty much predominantly where I went to uh, went to very good school there uh, St. Mary's Catholic School that's still there and got my education I went to university in Toronto and then moved out west in my early 20s and I just never left I, I stayed out west so I lived in Banff for 30 years of my life and that uh, definitely a big you know a big chunk of who I became was uh, that that mountain girl and I became a mom there I got married and you know had the kid and got divorced and I still had the kid so she grew up in Banff and and then yeah. she's the focus of my book because oh, okay. she later met a guy and then moved out to BC I didn't really like I like I knew it was a mistake but I mean since when do kids always listen to their parents never <laughs> never and that in her mid-20s she met another fellow and then got pregnant right away and then had a baby and so that's the the focus of my story fancy prison because what happened to her during her pregnancy and then when the baby was born was absolutely shocking. Yeah. I mean, when people read my book, 
they'll I, I like I have I've had people with their feedback now because the book's been out now for a couple months so of course I'm starting to get feedback but yeah people are like they're, they're just they're just so shocked they're like what like you know how how can this be Canada I'm like yep that's exactly right that's exactly how I felt and what was when- at stake was the custody of my grandchild so yeah so did you only have the the one daughter or do you have yeah I don't yeah I I'm just I'm just skating by on the minimum I had one child that made me a mom and now I have just skating by on the bare minimum there too but they're the focus of the group of the sorry um of the book that I wrote and it wasn't that long ago because my granddaughter is only four years old. So oh. our experience with this system, it only happened in 2017. And I, you know, it's still happening. It's probably still happening like today somewhere. But definitely. Because nothing catches can- up that fast. No, especially when it comes to bureaucracy and government. Because oh, they, I know. yeah, when you're, so when you become a parent, um, as you know, because you have to sort of go in, uh, you go day to day, but you also plan for the future. Yeah. And you don't plan for like next week, you have to plan for, okay, you know, their next grade and their next grade and oh, okay, yes. we're saving for college. Governments don't do that. Governments plan for the next four years and how do they get elected in the next four years? So yes. That's all they do. So you can't, you can't, you know, you can't raise children day to day and you can't plan in four year increments with children because once you become a parent, that's forever. That's that's a relationship that that you will have till the day you die. And in fact, it usually goes on your tombstone, you know, <laughs> Tina, yeah, it does. Tina, Tina, loving mother and grandmother and, you know, God yep. willing, great grandmother, you know. <laughs> yep, yeah, exactly. Okay. So let's now talk about mental health. And uh, you start us off wherever your story starts. Well, I guess the mental health in our um, in my book is definitely the shattering emotions that happen when a social worker, the social workers took away a two week old baby from her mother. And you find out in the first chapter that my my grandbaby was fine because she had a spiritual connection with me and quite frankly she was the only person in the room that had any power because my belief is christian and she you know she had just been delivered to us from god 14 days earlier but what happened to myself and my daughter was trauma like just that that's trauma that's just we were blindsided by it and for me it was maybe it was um easier to cope with because I'm older and I had never had anything like that happen to me before. Like my child hadn't been taken away from me. So I wasn't triggered by anything. And then as you get older too, I don't, as far as mental health goes, I don't think that we experience mental health maybe any more or less than young people. I think what happens as you get older is that your coping skills are a little more honed. We hope so. so you're, yeah. So you're, so you're a little more confident and like, oh, okay. All right. I recognize this. 
for what it is, you know, trauma and uh, or a stressor, and then da, 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 this is what I can do, how, how I manage stress in my life, da, 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 and then you cope through it. And it takes time, like it's just like anything else, you know. It's uh, um, maybe a lot of the mental health is overwhelming because maybe. Um, people just expect to be able to like take a pill and then solve it. And I, you know, I don't really agree with that. I think a lot of times it's like, no, you, you kind of, it takes time to build a good foundation of, of good mental health. Yes. So what, so the solutions don't happen overnight. It takes time and you have to, you have to do a lot of self-care. Exactly. So, okay. You brought up coping strategies, which is perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and what are those coping strategies that you use during this traumatic time? Writing for sure. Yeah. When we, when we went to BC and then we came back, we were just, I was so shell-shocked. Like I just could not believe what had happened. And I just could not believe the power that the system has. And so here I was in fancy prison and I explained how I came up with the name in the book. But when I got back, I wrote and wrote and wrote because I just, I had so much uh, tension and there was so much stress and, but I had to get it sort of out of my head and onto paper yes. and that helped a lot. Yeah. Like that helped a lot because that was, that became like, I certainly understand why in healing, um, procedures you know uh like 12 step you know alcoholism and stuff like that you know touch wood I've never been in it but I've certainly heard uh, enough about it that a lot of uh the healing that they use is through journaling how it it helps I think people to to write down their 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 thoughts and their very common theme Mm -hmm. in the interviews and granted I'm interviewing only authors, so obviously writing is like that. <laughs> but a very common theme is journaling. So mm-hmm. even the authors that I've interviewed that don't write nonfiction are still doing their journaling and they're not publishing that stuff because that's mm-hmm. not what they write. That's not what they're mm-hmm. into. So, I mean, you can write this stuff and it never, ever has to be seen by anybody else. Mm-hmm. But it's such a relief to get it out. And it also helps you when you get it out, it helps you to identify what emotions it yeah. is you're, that you're struggling with. And when you can identify those things, you can start to identify triggers. You can I- start to identify mm-hmm. ways that um, you're being helped or what things are really not working too. So writing yeah. it out is huge. And you don't have to be an author. You don't have to be somebody, you don't have to even write it in full paragraphs, full sentences bullet points are fine mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right it's it, just get it's whatever however you're articulating it yeah. exactly and yeah. I mean if you're not you don't like writing in general I mean text to speech is a bit or speech to text is a huge thing now you can very easily just talk it out and then it's, it's written out for you yeah, yeah, talk. Yeah, exactly. Talking it out, uh, talking to yourself. So, so, and that being said, too, I think um, what maybe journaling helps. Hello, you everyone. Do, this is Mr. Yeah. Fridge, who is not supposed oh. to be on my desk, but he is. Oh, he's got beautiful blue eyes. My goodness. What's his name? Mr. Mr. Fridge. Mr. Fridge. <laughs> There's a funny story there. Mr. Fridge. Get your butt out of the camera. Yeah. <laughs> we Mr. got him. Mr. Fridge is mooning me. Yeah. 
<laughs> so we got him um, from the Humane Society. We always we always do rescue animals. And his story was that they found him in a fridge in a hoarder's house. So they named him Mr. Fridge. And oh. I, when I read his story, I was like, oh my goodness, you poor baby. You have to come oh. home with me. And oh, so my we kept his name. Yeah, um, Mr. Fridge. He well, is. <laughs> a big suck he is an attention seeker um and just a sweet lovey lovey boy but you keep your butt out of the camera okay <laughs> because we just got the new puppy he keeps hiding in the basement where he's not supposed to be but and and cats are i've never had a cat but you said that that's a new microphone so he's probably quite curious about that like yes. if it's a different if it's a different setup down there I I, I don't know I'm asking it like I said I yeah I yeah well normally he's not down here at all he's supposed to be upstairs but he's a little stinker around down here so. there, there's everybody's catness for the day um so back to coping strategies so writing was a big one what else did you use yeah, I think while writing, I just want to make one more point about writing yeah. is that um, it helps. I think when you're uh, stressed and you're overwhelmed uh, and you feel like your mental health is suffering, it helps. Writing helps because I think it just you make specific points. So if you yes. look at the whole picture and you're overwhelmed by the big picture, that like you sort of give in to that because it's too overwhelming but at yeah. least writing you just take it like little step by step by step by step you know uh, and, yeah. and little little bits rather than trying to to cope with the big with the big you know huge yeah. issue in that's such a good point and it yeah. by doing that too you're slowing yourself down yeah, yeah. in you're order to look your, at all of them yeah you're forcing yourself to slow yourself down like I know for us, that's what, so in our journey, that's what we had to do. Oh, okay. And we had, we had help. Um, our friend, Suzanne, she became our biggest advocate too. And she pointed that out to us because she was, she had experienced the same thing, but she didn't have a happy ending with hers, but oh. she could sort of d identify the steps that we were going through and she could see my coping mechanism how we were taking um rather than be overwhelmed by the whole uh, hopelessness of it we just went step by step by step by step and i would just like we would just focus okay this is what we're going to worry about now let's okay let's deal with this like they're claiming that you're a meth head okay well let's do what do what needs to be done there and get the evidence that that we need okay now that yeah. you know now they're claiming that you're like their their reasons would change all the time right so yeah. now they're claiming what you're unstable okay so let's focus on that you know what i mean so it was just yeah step by step by step and suzanne said like yeah that's the way to do it because if you she goes i always thought that you could just snap your fingers and have an instant solution but solutions and change if they come they usually come very slowly yeah yes Exactly. And it's the same thing like you were saying before. A lot of people think I'll take this medication and boom, I'm better. But mm. that's not the way it works. There's a mm. lot of slow progress that goes along with it. Not to say medication is wrong, mm. Um, mm -hmm. because without it, I wouldn't be here. Um, but <laughs> there's a lot of other steps that have to go along with it. It's a big 
overarching um, thing that you have to deal with. Like mental health is a very large problem that you have to deal with. And there is no one right answer. There is a bunch of little small answers that accumulated become this big thing. Yeah. And I think part of that process too, to becoming better is that you have, as an individual, you need to learn what works for you. So what works for someone else might not work for you. And that is healthy. I think it's just learning. Okay. Well, that, you know, that coping skill might work for that person, but it's not something that I would do. And you can pretend to do it, but if you don't really feel it and it, and, and it's not working for you, then try something else. You know, it's exactly. just, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's why I love talking to all of these different people because everybody is sharing what's working for them. And so you can mm-hmm. take it, try it. If it doesn't work, cool. You tried it. Like mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. a bad thing. If it didn't work, it just means that, you know, not to do it again and try something else. Well, and, or even maybe that, that didn't work at the time, but that's not to say maybe down the road, like yeah. you're aware of it now. So maybe for a different stressor, just try it down the road for something else kind of thing. You know, exactly. I don't know, like, it's just, we're, we're talking, to, we're talking hypothetically, but it's, it's such a complicated subject. I mean, there is, oh, it totally really, is. You know, yeah, there is and- no really... Yeah. Yeah, And if you combine our journaling with trying different strategies, then you can actually see your progress and you can make notes. So um, I always tell people, Mm. keep a self care Mm -hmm. journal. And so you can write down um, just because everybody always says, go have have a bubble bath. So write down bubble bath and try it. That's a good one. (laughs) Afterwards you come out and you're like, well, I don't, feel any different cool right down didn't feel any different now you know a bubble bath doesn't make you feel any different next you try getting a haircut I'm just picking random things right because sometimes getting that nice fresh haircut is like just like I love it I feel so good after right it it makes Mm -hmm. you feel good and if you're feeling good Mm -hmm. then you can deal with another problem yeah Um, yeah and maybe meditation you can try that and in your self-care journal you write meditated for two minutes today cool and then maybe in six months you're writing meditated for six minutes right so it it shows Mm -hmm. you progress and it shows you what is working what isn't working because there's Mm -hmm. so many different things that you can try Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a lot of people say exercise but well I was gonna say I I uh, understand you like kickboxing and when I I Well, I'm on my second husband, but my, when I divorced my first husband, he'll probably never watch this. So we're good. But I took, I took kickboxing for about five years. Uh, I lived in Banff for, uh, I think I was telling you about three decades and yes. five of those years I took kickboxing. It was a really, it was very good exercise, but I was going through a divorce. And so every time I went into that the kickboxing and just like you know pummel the the punching bag or whatever it was my ex-husband and I wasn't yeah. hurting him but I was definitely getting out my frustration exactly dealing, yes with dealing with him you know it's like ah you know and so yeah that's I, awesome I, I really liked kickboxing and oh. I and I learned to have a heck of a kick too yes how high could you kick? Yeah. Um, pretty stinking high because I can do the split. So 
Very good. Whoa, holy, yeah, okay. I can't kick out. Well, I can't do it anymore, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so, yeah, some people love kickboxing and mm. some people would do it and go, well, this is boring. It doesn't mean exercise isn't working for you. It means that one particular, yeah, that one particular exercise isn't. So you try another thing. Like I know some people love just going and lifting weights and I lift weights because oh. it's, good for you but not because it's the most enjoyable thing for me I prefer cardio personally which is why kickboxing is really good because I love cardio um this morning I finally I finally got our elliptical put together so this morning I finally went for a run on it and I was like oh I miss running so much I love running right and some people hate like my husband hates it so you have like try different things Mm -hmm. well I hope that your story has a good ending it, it does yes we just celebrated another Christmas with our child our grandchild and she's four years old she'll be five uh, in uh, in a couple months here and we just I mean it, it sometimes hits me at Christmas I mean that first Christmas when we got her back in 2017 oh my goodness I remember silent night with all the candles at church and I I just bawled my eyes, eyes out. Oh, you got another cat there. Is yeah, so, another? He, so here's Smokey. She is a troublemaker. <laughs> it's that's it. They're they're loose now. I know. You guys are supposed to be upstairs. <laughs> well, well, we'll wrap it up because uh anything I'm saying now can be read in the book. And yeah. uh this so, this will be the cat this will be the cat lovers podcast <laughs> right I know I could totally do one all about cats or dogs <laughs> I have four cats and now oh, three dogs and three oh my goodness we yeah. just got the puppy yeah, yeah. yeah. okay the animal show yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> stop moving my computer kitty um okay. so where can people get a hold of your book yeah the best I think the best uh, way is through to google uh, fancy prison by tina fumo but be specific and put my name in there because if you just google fancy prison you're going to end up with a bunch of guys in um, orange suits who are serving out country club pr- uh, prison sentence and that's not what my book is about my book is about the child welfare industry so <laughs> google fancy prison by tina fumo and you'll get the Amazon link. You'll get my social media links. It'll link back to podcasts like like this. And for anyone, I mean, other than Canada, then it automatically goes to like Amazon um, dot uh, UK or whatever, like whatever country yeah, wherever you are. you're in. Yeah, for to order the book um, through Amazon. Perfect. And, and we're um, going to stick the links in the description below as well. Oh, perfect. Whichever yeah, ones yeah. it was that you sent me, they're going to be down in the description. Oh, yeah, perfect. Yeah, I think I sent the Canadian links to with the Amazon. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, awesome. Excellent. So what social media are you on? I, I check uh, Facebook and LinkedIn regularly. Uh, so Facebook, uh, I'm under, oh, geez, I can't remember, Tina Fumo, I guess. Just look for Tina Fumo. And then um, LinkedIn, I think it's Tina Fumo Martin, maybe. 
Um, but and yeah, I, I use Twitter, but I don't check it every day. So yeah, okay. I, I am on Twitter. I think on Twitter, I'm on fancy prison, but mm-hmm. perfect. So yes, all of those links are going to be down in the description. So super easy to be able to click and follow you and get a hold of your book and find out more about this child welfare system up here in Canada. We had to deal with it just because of my kid has autism. And so sometimes there would be meltdowns and the hospital trips and then we'd have to talk to the welfare system to make sure that we had all the supports in place. And it, it was a very different experience, but there was a lot of bureaucracy like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a, I know a lot of yeah. parents that have kids with disabilities um, have had to deal with the welfare system, the child welfare system as well, just because you do go through so many doctors and so many appointments and so much therapy that, you know, it looks like, Hey, what are you doing as a parent? It's like, well, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. So step Mm -hmm. out my way and let Mm -hmm. me do what I got to do. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I've honestly lost count how many cases I've heard or I've read about a parent is struggling to with their child, like to get them, um, treatment if they have a disability or autism or whatever. So they reach out to the system for help and they lose in their child in the process. And, yeah. and that's not what it's supposed to do. It's supposed, no. uh, like I thought it was supposed to help parents. So what you, you, what you, what you have are parents who are suffering in silence alone, because I mean, who's going to reach out to a system if you're afraid that they're going to take your child away. So they're not getting exactly. the help that they need, you know? Which is ridiculous. It's counterproductive. It's not what it's supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, when your kid does have a disability, you need a lot of support for your, your child and for yourself, because when you're, when you're about to have a kid, you're not picturing a child with a disability. And I mean, I don't love my kid any less, but I definitely wasn't thinking as I'm pregnant, Oh, I'm about to birth this child with autism. And I know I'm going to have to get the speech ready and the OT ready and yeah. the behavioral ready. I wasn't thinking none of that. I was thinking yeah. I'm going to get the little potty ready and the crib ready and daycare. Like, so, um, you know, it's mm-hmm. just a different way of having to look at what you need to do as a parent that if you don't have a kid with a disability, you don't really think about. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, there's a lot of different supports that you got to find and, it would be nice if we could ask the system without fear of being told we're bad parents when all we're trying to do is help our kid as best as we possibly can. Thank you, Tina, so much for sharing your story with us, for being on the show. And I really do look forward to, to reading your book. And of course, everybody make sure that you check out the blog because probably by the time this is out, I'm thinking the blog will already be written. So make sure that you check out my blog with the book review of Fancy Prison. Thanks for having me today, Randy. It's been talking about my my book and our journey and just overall mental health and yeah, coping skills. It's awesome. Again, thank you, Tina. Make sure that you check out the links in the descriptions down below. Hit that like and subscribe button here at the channel. You never want to miss an episode. As well, we do have a merch store where 10% of the proceeds goes back to the Canadian Mental Health Association. And there's some pretty cool shirts on there. I mean, obviously, I think so. But seriously, they're cool. Go check them out. And remember, the only way to end the stigma of mental health 
is to speak openly and honestly.